Chapter 4, Where the Tides Meet. We were paddling off Boca Las Animas, shooting the heavy surf at the bar. We made a perfect landing in the smooth waters of the lagoon at the north entrance leading into Magdalena Bay proper. There are hundreds of miles of these lagoons, uncharted and unexplored round the bay. The land began to close in on both sides as we paddled along, observing the scenery. The intense green of the mangroves lining the shore contrasted with the purple haze of the desert behind them and the silvery blue waters of the lagoon in the foreground. It made a lovely, serene picture. How tranquil it seemed. For years I had been telling Ginger, it's a wonderful place. You'll love Magdalena Bay. I had made a trip aboard a Navy destroyer years before. For weeks we had been anticipating sailing in its quiet waters. I felt pretty good. Perhaps a trifle too complacent, but under the circumstances I felt we had a right to be. So far we had successfully met a lot of difficult and dangerous situations on the hundreds of miles of travel, afoot and afloat, that now lay behind us. Furthermore, we had made Magdalena by Christmas. We won't have to worry about fighting rough water, riding out storms at sea, or landing through heavy surf for quite a while, Ginger, I said. We're going to take it easy and... Heaven knows I hope you're right, she interrupted. We could do with a little tranquility for a change. She was tired, poor dear. Well, from now on, for a while, it would be different. We hoisted the sail to a light breeze and headed down the narrow lagoon toward Magdalena Bay, 30 miles to the south. We had some difficulty in following the channel because the tide was coming in and making the water muddy. Occasionally, we'd strike a mud flat. Ginger would lift the centerboard and we'd sound with the paddles until we found deeper water. So we sailed along, singing and enjoying ourselves though we both noticed that the water was beginning to be bumpy and to kick up little whitecaps. Dan, what's making the water so choppy? It's too light a breeze. I never got that question answered, for suddenly, without further warning, the water round us went mad. Waves were running in every direction, bumping into each other, sending spray high into the air. The canoe began bouncing like a cork, Scrambling to our feet, we hastily tried to get the sail down. Ginger stood up to untie the halyards. The canoe swerved crazily as she was flung overboard, and though a giant, as though a giant were playing crack the whip with the canoe. I grabbed the paddle and held it towards her, hoping she could catch hold. The canoe whirled out of her reach. The next thing to do was to get the sail down and paddle towards her. I knew that no human being, no matter how expert a swimmer, could stay afloat in that furious sea for long. My fingers were all thumbs in my agitation. I finally untied the halyards and dropped the sail. This accomplished, I paddled towards Ginger for all I was worth. I could see her fighting desperately to keep afloat. For some reason, I seemed to lose all sense of direction. The scenery round me was reeling drunkenly. As I redoubled my efforts to reach Ginger, it seemed that I was heading towards the sea. Then I'd turn towards the desert, but always in the direction of Ginger. What the devil was this, anyway? Then I realized what was happening. 
We were being whirled in a great maelstrom, Ginger on one side of the vortex and I on the other. This was the giant. Ginger, in trying to swim towards the canoe and I, in attempting to reach her, were being carried into the center of the maelstrom. There followed a sickening shock when I realized fully that if she did swim into the center of that seething vortex, she would be carried down by the suction. My heart stood still, my throat closed. Ginger, Ginger, I shouted, swim to one side so that I can meet you. Look out, whirlpool. She did not hear me. Every faculty was concentrated on the one purpose of reaching the, the canoe quickly. Then, as though the Furies were not satisfied with this predicament, there came their dorsal fins sharply cleaving the water, a new menace, sharks. The water seemed alive with them, all of them heading towards Ginger. She looked up, saw my face, my increased efforts with the paddles, and looked round, one horrified glance. Then she dug in with fear-driven strokes. She was heading straight for the center of the whirlpool, that equally fatal creature, that equally fatal center. Somehow I must reach her before she hit that vortex. Closer and closer we came to each other, running an awful impromptu race. Ginger, her face barely out of the water, had not as yet sensed the danger of that sucking center. All she knew was the approaching danger of those deadly fins. She was beating me to the center. I could see only her frightened, determined face. Suddenly, the only thing that I could possibly do occurred to me. I jumped upright, grabbed the mast as high as I could, and swung my weight out towards Ginger and carried the mast with me. The mast and I hit the water at the same time, the end of the spar within Ginger's reach. She lost no time in grabbing it. Near exhaustion, she pulled herself onto the capsized canoe. After taking a few minutes to get our breath and to allow our emotions to subside, we crawled along the side of the overturned canoe to the mast and pulled it out of its socket. Putting our combined weight on the high side, we miraculously righted our craft as it gyrated madly in the very center of the vortex. Despite the canoe's buoyancy, it looked as though we should most certainly be carried down by the tremendous pull. We fought with every ounce of our remaining strength, putting all we had behind each paddle stroke. Then the whirlpool slowly subsided. The water became quiet except for sullen eddies, each going in a different direction. Well, I exclaimed, what a merry-go-round that was. These were the times when banalities saved us. We simply didn't dare show each other how frightened we had been. Get back to normal just as soon as possible had to be our rule on such a trip. The nervous reaction to the ordeal we had been through would set, it in, would set in soon enough. Ginger, coughing up seawater, gasped, Look at the chart and see if there isn't some explanation. There must be a reason. We examined the document closely. Finally, in minute letters, we found the legend where the tides meet. That's it, I said. The tides coming in at each end of this narrow channel meet at this particular point. The currents hit each other in such a way that they form a giant whirlpool. After wearing themselves out, they continue on as usual. Let's make camp, Ginger suggested. After all, my friend, I'm about ready for that rest and relaxation you promised me. A while back, didn't you? I hear you say something about there being nothing to worry about? Can this be the restful place you've talked so much about? It seems full of dynamite to me, but correct me if I'm wrong. Please skip it, I said. 